this morning we give you praise glory and honor I thank you especially for my life I see where you brought me from I see where you're taking me I thank you Lord because everything that I have I do not deserve them but that Lord you find it fit that you can speak through a vessel like me I'm grateful and so father Lord I yield myself completely to you I realize that I'm also learning even as I speak And I thank you for the grace that is upon the house, the grace, O God Almighty, to move into the place of abundance that you've called us to. We thank you for that. We honor you. We magnify you. Thank you for every man, every woman in this house. We call them blessed because they are blessed already. We thank you, Almighty God, that that word that we receive today will make a change in our lives, and there will be a turnaround to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. This morning, um, I'm going to talk, hallelujah, am I good? Okay. Um, This morning, I'm going to talk about a subject um, that is very dear to me. Hallelujah. Is that good? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay. So this morning I'm going to talk to you about a subject that is very dear to me. Um, I believe that in the last few weeks we've been talking about moving from a place of lack to a place of abundance. And so I want to talk on a particular subject in that area today. Please would you open your Bibles with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14. I want it in the amplified version please. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14 in the Amplified Version. It says, that spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, and foretaste, the down payment of of our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. So this morning I'm going to talk about that one word there, anticipation. Amen? Amen. Open with me again to the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verses 1 to 2. That will just be in the NKJV. Thank you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. A few weeks back, I think it was a month of April, we had a fasting, and one of the things I shared there was, whenever you see lack, um, I want you to always take note that sometimes it's a good thing because many a times it's for you to see the display of God's glory and God's power. The Bible says, in the beginning, the earth was without form and void. In other words, in the beginning, the earth lacked many things. And so the Bible says, and God said, let there be. And there was. 
And you and I are recipients of that place of lack to the abundance that is all over the earth today. God is a God that is ever always interested in being able to show his heart to his children. It's called the Father's heart. In other words, God is able to take you and I, no matter where we are, because he loves us, to the place he wants us to be. Imagine the children of Israel. They started out with nothing. And these people ended up having houses they did not build, land that were not theirs. It wasn't anything that they did. Abraham started out with nothing. He ended up with an abundance. Now, Jesus Christ in John chapter 10 verse 10 said, The enemy has come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you have life and have it more abundantly. How many of you believe that God is not a man that he will lie? Neither is it a son of man that he will repent. He said, have I said it? Will I not do it? Have I promised it? Will I not make it good? I went to check the definition of anticipation. Remember I said I'm going to be centering on the word anticipation. Anticipation, the dictionary meaning, says it's an awareness of a promise to be fulfilled. Another one says a realization in advance. It also says a foretaste. This morning I'm not talking about expectation. I'm talking about anticipation. When I have an expectation, an expectation is more or less hung on hope that you will do something. Anticipation says to me, I'm confident you will do it. As a matter of fact, I am living it now. I have a consciousness that this thing is happening now. A few weeks back, I saw a video clip that helped me to just bring this message um, to reality. There was this uh, Maasai men, three of them, Maasai headsmen, um, in this video. And there was this um, group of lions, about 15 of them. They had just got a prey, a big cow. And so all 15 were feasting. I mean, they were having a boy. Their jaws were full of blood. They were enjoying themselves. And there was these three Messiah men who got up together. At first, when I saw that video, I'm going, is this going to be a bad video or a good video? I'm trying to figure out what's this. And so I saw these three men walking side by side, not breaking rank, just advancing. And they were advancing. I mean, listen, I'm talking about 15 lions. I want that to sink home. 15 lions. And these guys were eating their prey. 
That meant they were hungry. Let me explain it. I'm going to take my time today. Actually, a pastor told me, take your time. So I'm going to take my time. That's what he said to me on the phone this morning. He said, Tosin, take your time. So I'm going to take my time. I had a dog. This dog's name was Jack. Very small dog. I loved that dog. I mean, every time I come home, that dog is always excited to see me. So it's one of those things that I long to do when I get home, to just be around the dog. I mean, I don't kiss dogs like they do over here. But I know I played with the dog, you know. So, but no matter how much love I show this dog, when Jack is eating, and I try to touch the food, I mean... There was one day he was eating, and he was so excited eating that he was about to fall off. So I wanted to take the plate to pull it away, so at least it would have some room from not falling. Man, this dog was feisty. I went, oh my God. So I learned not to go near Jack when he's eating. Are you all following me? So, these lions must have been hungry to go kill a prey. Am I correct? So, that means they were on their guard. Am I correct? You can't take food from a hungry lion. So, these three assignments were advancing. I mean, with all confidence and boldness. I wish I could show you the video. I mean, they were going like this. And this 15 lion, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, to three human beings. And they started, kept advancing. They kept advancing. And I'm wondering what's going to happen. Finally, the more they approached, one of the lions saw them, lifted his head, saw them, ran away. Ah, okay. The second one, boom. The third one, boom. I mean, almost like five of them again at once, boom, they were all running away. I'm going, are you, is this for real? Then there was one left, when that one was still eating, lifted up his head, saw these three men, boom, ran away. Now understand, these Messiah men, all they had was just a machete. And then they went to the cow, and they caught a piece, a huge piece but they balanced it on their shoulder and walked back away confidently. It was after they left that these 15 lions came back again. Actually, one of them came back to drag the meat away because the rest of them did not come back. <laughs> I said to myself, unbelievable. What in the world just happened? Three human beings to 15 lion, hungry lion, who had caught their own prey. It wasn't these guys that gave them the prey. They did, they did. They hunted for their prey themselves. And these guys advanced and took a part of their meat. And somebody said, the guy that was narrating said, what an air of confidence. But when I 
started preparing for this message, I realized it wasn't just an air of confidence. These guys had an anticipation. They wanted meat. In their mind, they were already eating meat. Because it's not just confidence that will carry some, take somebody to the midst of 15 lions, right, Joseph? I mean, it, you really have to be out of your mind. <laughs> to want to go to 15 lions? So they walked up to them, got it. Then I realized it wasn't just confidence they had. They had an anticipation. Because anticipation boosts your confidence. As they walked up to take something that they knew they could lay their hands onto. Now, this anticipation I'm talking about is not an anticipation that is mentally thought of. I'm talking about an anticipation that is rooted in the absolute knowledge that there is a creator that loves me that is intricately involved in every day of my life to such an extent that there is a display of his, of his love in my life. That's the anticipation I'm talking about. One that is rooted in the absolute understanding that God loves me. In other words, I'm talking about the anticipation that is rooted in this, that God is with me and God is for me. That is the anticipation I'm talking about. Now, that anticipation, what it does is this. One, it gives you confidence, like I said, Number two, it is also built on the fact that you know that God cannot lie. Are you following me, please? And then it's also built on the fact that you know that there is a purpose for your life. I'm going somewhere, and I'm please asking you to follow me. It is also realizing that I'm on this earth to bring about a solution to something. So therefore, when I see a lack in my life, I see it as just a temporal thing because I have an anticipation for the abundance that has been set aside for me in Christ, knowing that whether I like it or not, I will get there and I begin to conduct my life and my words in anticipation of this abundance that has been purchased for me in Christ. Are you following me? I'm saying that this anticipation is such that, one, I know God loves me. Two, I know God cannot lie. Three, I know there's a purpose for my life. Four, I know I'm on this earth to bring about a solution to something. Once I understand this, lack is a temporal thing in my life. 
Because the Bible said, in the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth, and God said, let there be. As far as when God came into the scene, that, that lack became a temporal thing because when God spoke that word, there was an anticipation that whatever God spoke, it will come to pass. Are you following me? Am I boring you? Even if I'm boring you, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so, there's a guy in the scripture that I want us to look at his life. Just two verses. Please go with me to the book of First Chronicles, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. We're talking about anticipation. First Chronicles, chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Hold that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now let me just try and paint a picture here. Here's Jabez. And I know many years ago, somebody brought about a prayer of Jabez and all of that. And as wonderful as those things are, that's just Jabez's way of praying. This is what I believe about prayer. I believe you make prayer. I don't believe you recite prayers. Because prayer needs to be made from your heart. Prayer is relational. Prayer means you are touching me. I'm connected to you somehow, some way. And because I'm connected to you, the way I will talk to you, somebody does not need to write a script for me. I can write a script myself. In other words, I script my own prayer. That is what prayer is all about. So there was that book of Jabez that came out and everybody was reading it. And Jabez said, bless me God and all of that. And I think it's wonderful. God allows these things because God is a God of love. However you preach it, God is still going to show up. Remember when they were telling Jesus Christ, said some of people over there are preaching about it. He said, don't worry about them. As long as they're preaching for us and it's not against us, let's leave them alone. So I'm not here to bring down anything. Please understand me. I'm just saying to you, prayer for me has to be something that comes from my heart because it's based on a relationship. Amen? So now we look at the life of Jabez. I, the Bible did not give us the circumstances of why the woman was in pain. It can't have been because she was giving birth. Every woman gives birth and has pain. I can't name my child a child of sorrow because I'm giving birth while that. So, but the Bible was very specific that in pain, it gave birth, she gave birth to Jabez. And that informed the name of Jabez. So I can imagine that every day Jabez got up as he grew up and he will see other children playing with their parents. I'm just imagining, maybe the mom was filled with sorrow. And every time she will see Jabez, hmm. every time she will see Jabez, hmm. and Jabez's name kept reminding him, I was birthed in pain. In other words, in Jabez's life, there was lacking something. Something was lacking in his life. And I'm sure Jabez was aware of it. Jabez must have looked around 
saw how happy Brother Greg was, saw how happy Brother Joseph is, saw how happy Pastor Mary is, and there seems to be a void in my life. So Jabez must have been thinking, how can I have this life? What will help me to have such a life? And so the Bible said he cried to God that you will bless me. In other words, I don't want to bring any more pain. And the Bible said God attended to his prayer and turned around the story of Jabez. What I'm bringing out from the story of Jabez is the anticipation for a life that is beyond what he had for him to call upon God meant he wanted a change. And because he was conscious of it, Jabez moved in line with that and prayed for the reality of what he saw around to begin to take place in his life. And I'm saying to you, you have to see it. In order for you to be able to come into it, you have to be able to see it, anticipate it, have a foretaste for it, be conscious of it on a daily basis. In other words, I'm not just praying about this lack that I see to just go away. I am conscious that I am in a place of abundance and that this lack is just a temporal thing. And once I come to that realization, before you know what happens, everything will begin to align in its proper order. Are you following me? Okay. Remember I said that anticipation has to be anchored on this. That God loves you. That God is not a liar. That there is a purpose for your life. And that too, you are a solution to something on earth. Because always ask yourself this question. Is there a cause for your life? God didn't make a mystic by sending you. He didn't send you, Pastor Mary, to earth and decided, you know what? There's going to be a lack in your life. No, 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 no. That's why he said the enemy has come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you will have life and have it abundantly. Amen. It is because David saw a lack when Goliath was attacking them that he said to his brother, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? It was why when, when Jesus was asked the question, are you the king of the Jews? He said, for this cause came I into the world. Remember I said anticipation is anchored on one thing, uh, on few things. One of them is there is a purpose for my life. Therefore, any area of my life that I experience lack, there has to be a place of abundance for it because for me to fulfill purpose, God has to bring me to that place of abundance. Now, understand, this is where I see purpose. Somebody asked me the other day, what is the purpose of my life? I said, the purpose of my life is to receive the love of God and to love in return. Now, the medium through which I carry out this purpose, in other words, that one is not what determines my purpose in life. I carry out the purpose in my marriage, in my relationship with my children, in the skill that I have, the career that I've chosen, 
the community that I live in, that's where I live out this purpose. So when they ask me that question, what is your purpose? My purpose is to receive the love of God and to love in like manner. So now coming back again to anticipation. So Pastor Mary, God plants you in IBM, right? And they make you a project manager. According to what Pastor Abike said, that there's a lot of money in project management. I think I'm going to sign up for project management too. <laughs> so, and you're on this job. Remember I said your purpose is to show, is to first receive God's love and to show that love. Now, you're on this job and there seems to be something lacking. You are not able to carry out whatever you're given in a way that you would want to. Do you think something is lacking? Huh? You think something is lacking? Okay. Now, is it possible then that in all of this, is it possible you would not be able to show the love of God irrespective? Because when your manager sees it and says, you've not done anything, you can't begin to preach the love of God to them. All the guy is looking at is what you've not done. Is that possible? Yes. Okay, please follow me as I'm making a case on this. So now you call on God. There seems to be a void. Lord, I call upon you. You said you have come, that I'll have life and have it more abundantly. Let me, let me, let, let, let me say this. Abundance does, does, not, does not just mean financial abundance in your health. Abundance is holistic. Holistic in the sense that every area of my life, I have to experience that abundance. It means that on my job, I cannot be lacking in skill. It means that on my job, I cannot be lacking in favor. That's why I want you to know it's a balance, it has to be a balanced understanding. That whenever we say abundance, we are not just praying that God will financially bless you. Because you can be financially blessed and be lacking in other areas as well. That's why Jesus Christ said, I have come that they may have life. Jesus Christ did not say, I have come that you will financially be abundant, abundantly blessed. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus Christ addressed the holistic man to say, I want this man to have an abundant life. That means in every facet of life, Jesus wants me to have abundance of life. So when on my job or in my home, or in any of my relationship, something is missing. It then means there's something lacking, therefore I need to have an anticipation that whatever is lacking has to come to a place of abundance. Are you understanding me? I'm going to repeat it again. Whenever any aspect of my life is void of the abundance of God, it means something is lacking. And whatever that is lacking, I'm asking that God will fill it up because Jesus said, I have come that you will have life and have it more abundantly. Say amen with me. Now, you also need to understand what is the opposite of anticipation. Remember, what did we say anticipation was? An awareness of a promise to be fulfilled. It is a realization in advance, a foretaste of something. Let me give you an example. When I was pregnant with my first child, I had an anticipation. 
And with that, I decorated the room. But then it was in Nigeria, they, they did an ultrasound, and they said I was having a boy. So I went and I bought blue everywhere, everywhere blue, everywhere blue, 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 blue. I mean, I'm the, the, the lady, I did the ultrasound twice, and twice they told me it was a boy. So, hey, listen, boy. So when I had a baby, I was looking forward, man, I was looking forward. So when I had a baby, my sister said, my sister was, was the midwife that, that, that helped me. She said, oh, this is a beautiful girl. I said, huh? <laughs> a girl? You know? But immediately there was an excitement. You understand what I'm saying? There was an anticipation when I was pregnant. What would this child look like? How do I carry this child? What is the future of this child going to be? Can I make enough arrangement for this child to be safe? That in anything in this world that this child may need, I will be able to provide. This was an anticipation on my part. I wanted it. I lived it. I lived conscious of, the, of, of motherhood. I couldn't wait for the day my child would open her mouth and call me mom. It was something that I longed for with all of my heart. But I'm saying to you, to get out of luck, you will have almost the same anticipation. It has to be something that you are conscious of. You are foretasting it. You have a realization in advance that this thing does not have any other option than to turn out for my good. And when you place yourself in such an environment, everything does not have any option than to align. Yes. Because when I was pregnant, I was conscious I had a baby in me. The words of my mouth were in line with the baby that was in my womb. The environment I created was in line with the baby that was in my womb. Sometimes, we are like the woman that gets pregnant that does not prepare anything. They say, where's the baby napping? Oh, I didn't know I was having a baby. Pastor Mary, is that possible? It's not possible. How then do we think we can come into the things of God without same anticipation? Listen, the same is for men. Just because a man does not carry the baby does not mean the man is not looking forward to seeing their child. <laughs> so it cuts across the board there was a guy looking at me like you're just talking about women listen every man can't wait to see their child when their child comes out that's what I'm talking about when you notice there's a lack in your life to the degree that your anticipation is in place to that degree you can begin to see the manifestation of the abundance that Jesus has paid for. Hear me. It is not your prayer that brings about abundance. Jesus said it is finished. It's done. There's no amount of prayer that I will pray, but I agree, Pastor Mary, that will bring it. You need to understand that. I cannot fast enough for God to bless me. Because remember I told you, anticipation is built on this fact that God loves me. And the person that you love, you make provision for them. Yes. There's no possible reason why Jesus will hold back anything when he says, I love you. Yes. Yes. So therefore, anticipation is more like being pregnant. 
There was a day I saw someone. I met them at a grocery store. And they had on tuxedo. I mean, the guy was looking sharp. And I saw them at the meat department. I'm saying to myself, are you not going to get yourself stained? He said, no, 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 I, I don't want to go back home. He said, because I'm going somewhere from here. And where I'm going to, I am dressed for it right now. If I should go back, I'm good. there's a tendency I will be late. What am I saying to you? You have to be dressed in the spirit. You have to be dressed in the physical. I don't mean Amani and Versace, please. As wonderful as those ones are, I'm saying that the environment you create for yourself and the words of your mouth, they have to align with what you're hoping to change in your life. Amen. Because with God, it's not in the by and by. With God, it is now. That's why the Bible says, now faith is you and I have to anticipate that there has to be a change in our lives because with that anticipation comes a confidence that you'll be like the Messiah men irrespective of how daunting your challenge may be you can face it head on and know what the outcome of that challenge will be I guarantee you. Like I said, there's an opposite side to anticipation. In other words, if this foundation of truth, which is God loves me, God cannot lie, there's a purpose for my life, and lastly, that I'm a solution to something on this earth. If that thing becomes perverted, if it by any means becomes perverted, this is the opposite of it. That's when I think. Every mistake that I've ever made in my life, God is about to get me. It's opposite. It's, the opposite is true. Have you ever been in a place where you dreaded the outcome of something? Because you believe it's what you did, what you did that is about to bring that thing. And that's what I'm saying to you. Anticipation has to be embedded and be founded on this truth that God loves me. Or else you would think that maybe the crime you committed against yourself or against other people is about to be raining down upon you in a mighty harvest. You know, I, I heard somebody say to another person a few days ago, God will punish you. I said, really? Really? God will do what? God will punish this God of love? Because I want you to know no matter what it is that you're done, it is not contingent on the abundance that Jesus has given you. That does not mean I don't live right, but I'm saying to you, God does not bless you because of what you do or don't do. But if the enemy can get you to see the opposite, you will anticipate dread. Rather than abundance. That stupid mistake I made while I was young. Or that stupid mistake I made three weeks ago. Oh, karma is getting me. And when enemy begins to bombard your mind, there's a possibility 
the extreme begins to take place. That's when you take the reins of your life into your own hands. And you begin to make decisions after decisions that get you further and further and further into a hole. And the hole becomes a gulf that you almost cannot get out of again except for the grace of God. So I'm saying to you, this anticipation has to be founded on this truth. God loves me. In fact, for me, that's the primary thing. That God is ready to move me from a place of lack to a place of abundance. I mean, just imagine, everywhere Jesus went, he was doing good. There was nobody that encountered Jesus that their lack was not taken care of. Please show me one person that met Jesus and left the same way. Why would my case be different? If it's not that the enemy has bombarded my mind and tried to make a mess of my mind. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because when the enemy can deal with this, it's gotten you. And what happens is that's where you begin to make your decisions from. You no longer see the possibilities that are in God. All you see is the dread that you are anticipating. Can you understand this God? You plant one seed and it becomes an abundant fruit. Do you understand this opportunity that children of Israel who were in poverty one day they were about to leave and God told them, go to the children of Egypt. And in one day, turn their economy around. But imagine this, Pastor how God prepared them. The next day, Pastor you're going to go to these people. You're going to ask them for this. Look at God in anticipation. You're going to go ask them for their gold. So I'm sure they were, in, um, if I were the one, I, I would know the most dressed of, in fact, I'll be going to the king's palace. Yeah. I'm, I'm being honest with you. Because God has given me the promise. So I'm anticipating. I'm sitting down there on my bed at night. I'm going, hmm, is the queen. That's the one I want, really. So the next day, that's what, the, the rest of people may be looking for those that have those, those little boxes. Of, I know she has a, a, a loads of boxes full. I'm going straight there. Because God prepared them. And they had an anticipation that the next day, when they go ask them for their jewelry, it will be given to them. I want to submit to you that every lack in your life is an opportunity for the abundance of God. Hallelujah. And it has to be embedded in an anticipation of a better tomorrow for yourself. Because without anticipation, every other thing just becomes an idea in the head. But when my spirit grabs hold of this truth, and I know he loves me, and I know it is not in his pleasure that I be in lack. He says he delights in the prosperity of his servants. That's what God delights in. Therefore, I know that this lack 
is but a temporary thing. Listen, every lack in your, in your life has an expiration date. I said to somebody, I always say this, you know that my favorite part of the scripture when I read the scripture, you know what my favorite part is? And it came to pass. Because I have an anticipation, and it came to pass. So I live my life like, and it came to pass. This thing is not supposed to be there permanently. For the things that I see, they are temporal, and the things that I do not see are eternal. That's where I zero my eyes in. And so if, if there's anything that I want you to get today, I'm saying to you, I want you to be dressed like your tomorrow is going to be the greatest day of your life. Amen. I want you to anticipate that whatever it is that you're going through lie right now, it is expiring this minute because Jesus said it is finished. I want you to know that whatever it is that you may face, I don't care what it is. Open with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, please. Would you give me that in NLT? Hebrews chapter 6. From verse 13. Hebrews 6 from verse 13. Give me an NLT, please. No, no message. NLT. Okay. It says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, no, you have verse 12 there. It should be verse 14. He says, I will certainly bless you. <laughs> he used the word certainly. Uh, when you hear the word certainly, you, the person saying to you, surely. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> this, is, this is like a rock. I'm rock solid sure. I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond numbers. Verse 15. Verse 15. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what he had promised. Verse 16. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, the oath is binding. So say, for example, I want to give brother, brother Greg, even though you are sleeping. Am I boring that much boring? No, I'm not sleeping. He's meditating. He's meditating. In anticipation. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Donald Trump. <laughs> so I want to make a promise to brother Greg. Since he's sleeping, let me just face brother Greg. I want to make a promise to brother Greg. Yes. So I called Pastor Sammy. I said, Pastor Sammy, I want you to be my witness. And based on his knowledge of me, he can say, okay, I guarantee you, Tosin will pay you that thing. That's what the Bible just said. So we, right. we get somebody who's greater than ourselves, right. who we make an oath with. And then, verse 16, no, verse 17. It says, God also bound himself with an oath. So that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that it would never change, change his mind. His mind. Hallelujah! 
Don't you understand? There is nothing, absolutely nothing that you can do or cannot do that will make God change his mind. Because read verse 7, 18 for me. He said this, he says, so God given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Hey, therefore, we who have fled, how many of you have fled? We who have fled for, to him for refuge can have great confidence as we all to the hope that lies before us, verse 19. As we hope to the hope that lies before us, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. You know what he's saying there? It is because of that hope I can face my challenges squarely. And I know I will enter into that sanctuary of God. You know what a sanctuary means? A of rest, a place of confidence, a place where I know everything will work itself out for my good. The Bible says because I have this hope and I anchor myself to this hope, I can go beyond the curtain and I can enter into the sanctuary because I know faithful is he that has promised. What am I saying? God looked at you because there's nobody greater than him. Salah. He said me. Dr. Makami said something. He said when God says something, even if it's not true, that minute it become truth. Amen. So God looked at him. He said, I'm making a covenant with you. When he brought Jesus. If I in this covenant, you don't have to do anything. I will do both your path and my part. And so, you know, once I do it, I'm bounding myself to you. That in blessing, I will bless you. Because my sole purpose of coming is so you can have an abundant life. That's all. And he's asking you, Every day, irrespective of what you see, anticipate this. That your tomorrow is greater than today. Your future is greater than when you began. Your story cannot change. It has been written concerning you. It has been settled concerning you. God is not just going to wake up one morning and decide that I forgot about Sammy. Let me come back to him again. No, 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 no. No. Because it does not yet appear what I'll be like. But when it's revealed, I'll be like him. The Bible says, he that has this hope purifieth himself. Even as he, God, is pure. The hope, the purity they are talking about is the love of God. He that has this hope has bathed himself in love. And then you begin to exude that love. That's the whole thing the scripture is saying there. So what am I saying to you? It does not matter the place that you think you have a lack right now. 
anticipate a better tomorrow. Yes. A price has been paid for you. When Jesus said it is finished, he's saying to you, surely I've told you. There is nothing that can erase it. This was not written in the ink of man. It was written by his blood. So that when you look at the things that are lacking in your life and you see from the scriptures, in the beginning, why did you think the Bible started with that? In the beginning, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And God said, let there be. Because God letting you know the beginning may be rough. <laughs> the beginning may be rough. It may look like it's murky waters. <laughs> but I tell you, at the end, I would laugh. <laughs> at the end, I would laugh because Abraham, I'm going to give you Isaac. Isaac is going to make you laugh. You're going to name him and his name will be laughter. That is what God is saying to you this afternoon, whatever you're facing is just temporary. You know what anticipation brings? It brings joy. Yes. So that they are wondering you didn't pay your mortgage and you are happy. So, <laughs> don't you understand? My anchor is not in my finances. My anchor is in he that I said in blessing I will bless you. In multiply I will multiply you. That there is nothing that you need that I've not paid for. That is my anchor. That the debtors are calling on you. Forget about it. Don't have sleepless nights about it. By two unchangeable things that is impossible for God to lie. He made an oath to you. Let that be your confidence today. As we close this afternoon. I'm going to give a few things and then we're going to pray. So what am I saying? Say with me, is there no cause for my life? <laughs> I'm saying to you, one, every day, anticipate the goodness of God in your life. Amen. Number two, set your eyes upon life divine. Because the more you focus on your problem, the more you anticipate dread. I kid you not. Can you imagine just this middle of the night when I woke up preparing this message? Even myself, I had to leave this message. So I thought about something. I said, oh my God. I was anticipating dread. Immediately I said to myself, leave your message. Because when you don't anticipate joy in the midst of your battle, you're going to anticipate stress. And it's going to come. Because let me ask you this The ones you've stressed about Have you been the solution to it? But the only thing I've added was headache Then I used my own same money to go and buy Tylenol (laughs) I'm telling you I thought about this thing You anticipate the opposite And you're the one that is paying for You go to visit the doctor They tell you you're going to pay deductible you pay the deductible, the doctor writes a prescription for you, you go again to the pharmacy, the pharmacy tells you you're going to pay for it, you pay for it and then you get home. With the water that you're paying for to drink. 
and then you are stressed out because and then you become sweaty. You you are you listen, you are boiling from the inside. You turn the AC in your house to 62. Now you're gonna pay because it's supposed to be at 72. You want it at 62 because you're stressed out. And if that is not enough, you run to the bathroom, pour water on yourself, come back again to the room. You do not towel yourself dry so that you can get some fresh air. Look at this cycle. You pay for it. You keep paying for it. From the money you had said you did not have enough anyway, you keep paying for it. Why bother? Come on. Count that child as dead. David, when your son is dead, get up, have a dance. Number three, allow the calm assurance of pure intention to wash over you. What am I saying? God is intentional. He's intentional in his love. And encapsulated in God's love is all that you need. Everything. Everything. And lastly, no, fourth, remember I told you anticipation will build confidence. The opposite of it will build dread. But when you anticipate that is anchored upon the love that God has for you, it will build confidence. And lastly, be thankful. Remember we taught that last week. It is an attitude of the kingdom. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. For the first time that word came to me, it will guard your heart. You know what it means for a soldier to guard a door for a security person? The Bible says the peace of God will guard you. It will be your guard. In other words, when anything wants to come, because you are thankful, it just guards it. You can't go in. This child is thankful. Don't you know this child has built an atmosphere around themselves that you can't change? And so this afternoon, we're going to pray a long scripture. I can't end it, but with prayer. But as we pray today, I want your prayer to be intentional. Intentional in the sense that you are anticipating an answer. You know, Pastor May, it puzzles me. When you read the scripture, you remember when they were praying for Peter, right? God answered their prayer, is that correct? Peter knocked on the door. Damsel opened the door. Boom. Doc, the person we are praying for is outside. And I can imagine you telling me, so go open the door. And that's the person we are praying for. Unbelievable. Are you getting what I'm saying? What anticipation is the opposite of that. You are expecting that door to be knocked at any point. That's the difference. Your prayer is not going to be in the by and by. Maybe God will do it. Mm -mm 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 -mm. If you know that's the prayer you want to pray, I'm begging you, please sit down. And we can understand because you're not there. I understand. If, If you believe that with anticipation you want to pray this afternoon, I'm going to ask you to rise to your feet. Eh? 
Um, number two, set your eyes upon life divine. Number one is anticipate the goodness of God. Number three is allow the calm assurance of pure intention to wash over you. Number four, anticipation builds confidence. And then number five, be thankful. Okay. Open with me, please, to the book of Psalm 65. Psalm 65. Do you have it? Okay. Sorry about that. I keep saying to myself, I will not use this thing, but I still find myself using it. And it just freezes on me sometimes. Tonight, today, whatever it is that you've heard, I want you to just lift up your hands and just give him praise. Whatever it is that you've heard, just lift up your hands today and just give him praise. Hallelujah. Please give me... Um, give that to me in King James, please. New King James, rather. New King James. Psalm 65. It says, Praise is waiting you, O God, in Zion. And to you, the vow shall be performed. Verse 2. O you who hear prayer, to you, all flesh will come. Verse 3. Iniquities prevail against me. It says, as for our transgressions, you provide atonement for them. Verse 4. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. By awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us, O God of our salvation. You who are the confidence of the ends of the earth and of the far off seas. The Bible says by terrible things in righteousness... God answers you. This afternoon, whatever that area of lack may be, I want you to lift up your voice. It says, you who answers prayer, to you shall all flesh come. I want you to lift up your voice this afternoon. That area you're trusting God for. That area you're trusting God for. I want you to lift up your voice. And just know. That it is settled concerning you. Now we're going to pray this scripture from verse 6. From verse 7. It says, You will still the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, 
and the tumult of the people. I want you to lift up your hands with me this afternoon. Say with me, every strange noise in my life, every noise around me, be still. In the name of Jesus. Say it, be still. In the name of Jesus. It says, they also who dwell in the farthest part are afraid of your signs. You make the outgoings of the morning and evening rejoice. Say with me, my morning and my evening is a time of joy. Or say with me like you mean it. Say, my morning and my evening is a time of joy. Amen. Verse 9 says, you visit the earth and water it. Lift up your hands. Say, because you are in me. Say, I am watered. I am refreshed. You know why? The Bible says, out of you will flow rivers of living water. Today, I declare that that river of living water will not cease flowing in your life in the name of Jesus. It says, you greatly enrich it. Say with me, I am enriched in all things. Say, the river of God is full of water. Say with me, I flow always. In the name of Jesus. It says, you provide their grain. The Bible says, God is the one that gives seed to the soul and bread to the eater. Say with me, Lord, I thank you. I have grain for every season. In the name of Jesus. It says, you water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. Say with me, I increase in all things. Say in my body, there is increase. Say in my health, there is increase. Say in my family, there is increase. Say in my finances, there is increase. Say everything concerns me, there is increase. It says you crown the year with your goodness. Say with me this year has been crowned with success. In the name of Jesus. It says and your parts drip abundance. Hear me. Because you carry God. You yourself you drip with abundance. Say with me I am abundantly satisfied. Say to overflow. In the name of Jesus. It says they drop on the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. You know, hills are not like mountains. They are small. But what the Bible is saying is every little details of your life will rejoice on all sides. Lift up your hands this morning. Say with me, every little details of my life rejoices because of he whom I'm anchored to. That is Jesus. Now finally this, I'm going to say something before we pray. It says the pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. You know what he's saying here? That valley means a place where there is nothing. Nothing comes out of it. It's a place of lack. You have the, the, the valley of dry bones. It means there is nothing that is coming out of that place at all. 
But hear what the scripture says here. The valleys are also are covered with grain. In other words, that place of lack in your life, there has to be abundance. There has to be growth. I want you to lift up your hands with me. Say every lack. Repeat with me. Say every lack. Say every lack. I speak to you. You are covered with the glory of God. You are covered in abundance. Say I see the abundance. I speak the abundance. I live the abundance. In the name of Jesus. Now lift up your hands. It says they shout for joy. They also sing. You are going to give me a worship song. As I pray tonight, today. We're going to wrap it in worship. Makambi calls it truth held intention. We are prayed. We are worshiping. We believe every prayer we prayed is already answered. And we give him the praise and the glory for it. Because we prophesy over this body that every little detail is filled already. We are filled with joy in the name of Jesus. Our valleys are filled with grain. We are covered with grain every side. There is an abundance in this house that we do not have room to contain. In the name of Jesus, we speak to every lack. Hear ye the word of the Lord. The Bible said in the beginning that Lord God looked at the earth that was void and without form. And he said, let there be. We look at every lack this afternoon and we declare there is an abundance. In the name of Jesus. For the Bible says where men say there is a casting down. We will say there is a lifting up. My God we declare there is a lifting up. In the name of Jesus. There is a lifting up in the house. There is a lifting up in our family. There is a lifting up on our job. There is a lifting up on our businesses. In the name of Jesus. And now we need to be thankful unto him. And as you take this worship, I want you to know that it is within your heart. I want you to know this within your heart. That everything is settled. The Bible says you will say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and you do not doubt. Nothing will be withheld from you. There's a song that I really want you to sing. With my hands lifted up and my heart filled with praise. Lift your hands this afternoon. Hands up. Oh, come on. Let every house, every member of the house, lift up your hands. With my hands lifted. Oh, say thank you to him today. Say thank you. And my mouth filled with praise. With a heart of thanksgiving. I will bless thee, oh Lord. Oh, one more time. Sing it again. Sing it again. With my hands lifted up. Oh, come on. Let it be a heart of thanksgiving. And my mouth filled with praise. With a heart of thanksgiving. My God. I will bless thee, oh Lord. (laughs) 
Thank you. 